1: Wow, I could really use Current.
0: I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just
1: go to their website at current.tech. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
0: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right?
3: the countdown is on to fight time this is big fight weekend now
2: here is your host tj Reeves. oh we are ready to go with a world welterweight showdown saturday night in la la land as errol spence and sean porter get ready to engage world welterweight unification battle for the ibf and wbc 147 pound belts And we're thrilled to be with you as part of Big Fight Weekend and the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. I am your somewhat capable host. I will be enlisting some great guests to come on with me and help break this fight down and talk more uh, about it, more on them in a couple of moments and who exactly that we have. I want to tell you that uh, this is obviously one of the marquee fights here at the end of September over the last two or three weeks that will really now roll us into October and November when the likes of Gennady Golovkin, Canelo Alvarez, Deontay Wilder. Obviously, the big rematch coming the first week in December with Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz for the heavyweight title. All of that kind of gets rolling with a much-anticipated welterweight showdown. Premier boxing champions putting it on, Fox pay-per-view televising it, unbeaten Errol Spence, the IBF champ, twice beaten but the WBC welterweight champ in Sean Porter, who's been very much tested That's the battle, that's the task that will be taking place for both of these guys. Staples Center, downtown Los Angeles, California, Uh, coming up on Saturday evening. So, as I mentioned, some great guests from the PBC on Fox Boxing Coverage. Chris Myers will be with me straight ahead. Love his insight, Chris. Very versatile uh, in terms of being a broadcaster, play-by-play man for the NFL, uh, also for Major League Baseball, but most recently over the last year or so with PBC shows, premier boxing champion Fox shows, and fight cards, uh, he was on the coverage of the Errol Spence-Mikey Garcia pay-per-view that Spence won by unanimous 12-round decision back in March. He has great insight, has also been on the broadcast of the Sean Porter uh, fights, the last couple of fights that he has. Of course, Porter captured his belt in March, uh, beating Ugas, the Cuban, uh, in California in a 12-round decision for the WBC strap. So Chris will have some great insight on that. After he is done... We will swing into the Lone Star State, the state of Texas, And in Houston, Texas is where we find Antoine Williams of the greatest of all time boxing promotions, uh, does a fantastic job with local fighters in Houston and local promotion in Houston. I want his insight on Spence Porter. We'll find out what he's up to with his boxing promotion. And I want to talk to him, too. The co-main event, the 168-pound WBC title fight, Anthony Durrell putting his belt on the line against David Benavides, that one's going to be an intriguing uh, co-main 12-round battle. Uh, for that belt, I want to talk to Antoine about that, and also uh, to our other guests about that uh, as we uh, as we roll along. So Antoine Williams will be here second. Then we're going to swing back to Los Angeles, just like where Chris Myers is. My colleague from Fox Sports Radio, Tom Looney, longtime career with Fox Sports TV, Fox Sports Radio. In Los Angeles, huge fight fan, has great historical insight on boxing in L.A. and in Southern California. So I want to talk boxing with him and about this Porter uh, showdown uh, with uh, the unbeaten Errol Spence. And, and look, I'm, I'm putting this out there now, and Tom and I are going to talk about it. When you talk about greatness uh, and the welterweight division, uh, really, to me, it comes down to Sugar Ray Leonard, Thomas Hearns, Roberto Duran, that era back in the early 1980s. And as good as Errol Spence is and as intriguing as this fight is, I'm going to put this to my guess also. Uh, Leonard was special. Leonard was an Olympic champion. Uh, he was obviously a, a darling of the media and of network TV at a time when boxing was at its height in the 70s and the early 80s on network TV. So this fight, while intriguing, is not Leonard Hearns. And I want to put that to our guests coming up. I'm still very interested in what's going to happen. I believe Errol Spence will win. I'll put that out there right now. There is drama, there, there's going to be intrigue around it, but it's not quite the same because I live through, as a, as a youngster, I live through all the hype and all the, the fights and the rematches with uh, with Leonard Duran, Leonard Hearns, uh, and, then, and then eventually Marvin Hagler getting in uh, as well. So we've got a lot to get to uh, here on the program. Uh, again, lots of interviews and also Marquise Johns of uh, BigFightWeekend.com will be here to close things out. Uh, he will be talking about this Spence Porter fight and all else that's gone on this weekend in boxing and what we can look ahead to as well. So, Marquise will be with me later on here in the podcast. Want to tell you that we are uh, proud to be hooked up with Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. If you are looking t- for tickets, uh, especially the best of seats for this show, for the Errol Spence Sean Porter Showdown, Saturday night, Staples Center in Los Angeles, go to Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. Download it. All the biggest events, whether you're talking about boxing like we are here, all the college football, the NFL, any event, anywhere that you can find in and around North America, uh, hockey season starting up, baseball playoffs, all of it is on Vivid Seats. But in particular, if you're looking for great seats for Spence and Porter and you're hearing us on the podcast, go to the Vivid Seats mobile app and you can utilize the promo code BIGFIGHT10 and take 10% off your first order. 10% 10% off your initial order at Big Fight 10 If you're a new customer, uh, take advantage of that. Uh, up to $50 that you can save. 10% off the promo code BigFight10. So if you're a new subscriber, first-time user uh, of Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app, use our promo code at checkout, BigFight10. You'll save an additional 10%. Uh, this is a, a ticket in hot demand, especially for the lower-level seats. A lot of the ringside seats go in for over $1,000, and it's escalating on the secondary market. Again, you can take 10% off. BigFight10 is our promo code. Vivid Seats is our proud sponsor. Let's get to our guests and get things underway as Spence and Porter get ready to tangle for the World Welterweight Showdown. Let's get rolling in the preview mode. Rolling along, getting ready for this unified world welterweight title fight in L.A., Fox pay-per-view. It is Errol Spence. It is Sean Porter, 12 rounds, IBF, and WBC belts are on the line, and I love the insight from this man. He's a big part of the PBC on Fox boxing coverage, Chris Myers, who I get to be around uh, in terms of the NFL and the Buccaneers and a lot of different things with Major League Baseball. But here we are talking boxing, the versatile Chris Myers. How are you, my friend?
3: i'm I'm good. and I, and I, I think the the versatile style, if we could call it that uh, of Sean Porter, makes this uh, a very interesting fight. I, I know he's the underdog, uh, you know, t j and, and he should be given. The kind of the Spence uh, polished style, but I don't think he should be a really big, heavy underdog as I've seen in in some places as we get closer to this uh, to this fight here.
2: Yeah, Spence is obviously the the guy unbeaten, big punching power, but Porter tough cookie. He's not gonna more than likely he's not gonna knock you out. He doesn't knock a lot of people out, but he's tough right. to he's tough to knock down. He's a volume puncher. I mean, we really anticipate this will be a battle. I think most would be shocked if this is a short fight, one way or the other, Chris. Right?
3: Yeah, yeah, I agree. No, I like the. I, I think this will be a fun fight for you know Porter's the more experienced opponent. I think the most experienced opponent, really, that Spence has ever fought in his career. And and you mentioned you know not not the knockout ratio, but but Porter can can be very unorthodox in a way. I, I think this is his tenth fight. Uh, for Sean, that he's it's either against a current or former champ, but he, he's, he has a 6-2-1 record in, in those fights. And, and so, you know, he, he can handle the big guys. And then there's that little caveat about Porter, you know, his dad and trainer, uh, Kenny Porter, who worked with Errol Spence when they were back in the amateurs for a certain amount of time. And so, you know, any little edge they can get, uh, I think that's something that, that Kenny Porter and Sean Porter will look at uh, when they when they go up against uh, Spence, who, who absolutely is is you know a power He didn't, you know, he didn't have to push himself in that. When I saw that fight against uh, was back, it was the one back in Garcia, in, uh,
2: right? Mikey Garcia, yeah, right. right.
3: Yeah, the, the, and he, he wasn't really touched, he never really got pushed, so he didn't have to be impressive, he just kind of glided through that, it was almost like, you know, to get to the, but the 21 knockouts in 25 uh, fights, and, and he's already made what, that was his fourth title defense, so, you know, he's up for this, he's on target, to, you know, down the road, we can talk about where, where he goes from here, uh, but he's got to get through uh, in, uh, this fight, which I, I think, as you said, will be, it'll be different, I, you know, there's all the advantages for, for Spence, the height, the reach, you know. You know, I, I, but I just, I, I've seen Sean, when he really wants to, uh, Porter Ross, really brawl and make things interesting, and I, I think he will. As you said, whether it goes the distance or, or not, I, I, I don't think it'll be a quick fight, and I think it'll be an entertaining, action-packed fight.
2: We're looking forward to that. You know, you have done so many big events, Super Bowls, World Series, those kind of things, and now... Uh, Fox has has got boxing with PBC and got these pay-per-views. What is that like to be a part of, and and how do you compare it to the other big events that you've done and what we anticipate Saturday night at the Staples Center will be?
3: Yeah, it's unique in the pay-per-view portion, and we've tried combos with some on Fox and some on FS1, and then uh, the pay-per-view portion, portion whether it's Ben Spence or or the the, the recent Pacquiao uh, fight, which was was really you know just just an outstanding uh, performance. The crowd, the energy in in Las Vegas, that you know every move, every stump, the early the early knockdown uh, that Pacquiao had, kind of set the tone. His you know his his age and and yet his his ability is uh, you know it's, when you Compared to other sports is outstanding so yes the magnitude of a big time fight where it is who's fighting and a lot of this too i think is people becoming familiar with the fighters so that you have somebody that to root for or or against you want to you want to know these guys yeah they can have impressive records but who have they who have they fought to get there just like we were talking about you know sean porter who has an impressive list of of opponents you know he's been in there he's been mixing it up with guys that that you uh, that you care about and and so this this measures right up there as, as far as the fox approach, we work hand-in-hand, hand, and I know there are divisions in boxing with different belts and, and, and different promoters that sometimes frustrate all of us fans, and, and where is Terrence Crawford going to fit in all of this down mm-hmm. the road, who I think is a fighter worth watching, that we'd love to see him and Spence fight, and I think that can happen if, if Spence, because the winner of this fight, maybe even if it's if whether it's Porter or, or Spence, the winner of this fight is going to have two Welderweight belts, uh, belts, excuse me, and then Pacquiao is going to hold another one, and then you've got Crawford in there, so, you know, it's. Spence Pacquiao, I think, is more likely to happen uh, d- down the road. But but if uh, you know, and then Spence, you know, if he collects that, and then you know, no matter what, a Crawford Spence payday. So these are the kind of things you look forward to as a as a fight fan. And I think they give they they make the events bigger, whether they're on a Fox broadcast or a pay per view.
2: Voice of Chris Myers with me for a few more moments. It's Errol Spence and Sean Porter. Unified World Welterweight title fight. Again, the prelims will be on Fox and then the pay-per-view on Fox as well. Saturday night, Staples Center for this uh, welterweight showdown. You mentioned Manny Pacquiao kind of looming uh in the distance here we we see age defying things all across sports tom brady doing it right now in the nfl at 42 years of age you see guys that play into their late 30s or late 40s in baseball or football they're not taking punches and punishment i mean there's something to be said for for being able to have reflexes hand speed but also the toughness to get in there and scrap with younger guys and take punches right Chris?
3: Yes, younger, hungrier. I say hungrier because you would think with all the titles he's had. And also, they're not they're not senators in their country. They're not politicians <laughs> fighting. Uh, you know, and that's how he spends a lot of his other time, which caused a little bit with his with his longtime manager. But they quickly ironed that out in the last fight because Pacquiao was able to divide his time properly. And yes, it, it is it is absolutely impressive to be in that kind of condition at at that age and to take the punches and still deliver the punches. And I, I went out of the. When Pacquiao was training for his last fight at the gym here in North Hollywood, to watch him a little bit, and I, I mean his his training regiment was it was like I was watching a 20 year old. The way he was taking on sparring partners, the more he got closer to the fight, and and just and not only the uh, the the speed of his of his hands, but the footwork. Uh, and I I think Pacquiao, and I'd still love to, I, I, the Mayweather. There's something that says it's still out there for me, but uh, Pacquiao likely to fight either you know Danny or Mikey Garcia. That could happen in January. And then, then we could see the winner of Spence Porter face Pacquiao, maybe even in, in uh, July of, of next year. But every fight he fights going forward, and as he said, he's he's really appreciating the moment. And I think we should, too, not just as fans of boxing, but uh, of athletes who, who defy age and that are in an arena such as this.
2: All right, a couple more, and then I'm going to let you go. I mean, Spence, obviously unbeaten. He was an Olympian, not an Olympic champion. So he's not, I'm going to say it again, he's not Sugar Ray Leonard. He's not there. You and I are old enough to remember the Leonard heyday and, and how big a deal it was. It was a different time when boxing was a much bigger sport. There were fewer choices on TV. He was everywhere on TV. It was a bigger deal. Can Spence get in the neighborhood, hypothetically, possibly? Can he get in the neighborhood of Leonard eventually in his career? A big win here over Porter, a potential win down the road with Pacquiao. Can we start to look at Errol Spence as an all-time great? Do you believe he has that in him?
3: Well, I I think he has the fighting ability in him, but I think, and you hit on it, that things are different now. I I just don't think in terms of the popularity of him, his personality, and he has a very – you sit and talk to him, he's a really delightful, insightful kind of a guy who does have an edge and is confident. He's not as bombastic like an Ali. He doesn't have, as you said, the Olympic hardware with a Sugar Ray Leonard or the exposure at a time where we were a little bit limited. It's – so scattered and, and fractured but I don't question his ability at all and so, you know, it'll get the big payday, uh, will it get the attention in terms of personality, advertisement publicity, we live in a different world with social media, maybe I wouldn't bank on that, but I, I, I think if you watch him as a fight fan, to me, uh, you know when I, you watch movies about the young how, how polished he is and how professional and I, I saw an interesting stat Not that, I, and I'm not a big stat guy, I mean you, we use that for information, but but then you rely on the guts and what your eyes tell you. Uh, and when I've seen him fight, uh, I have been so impressed. But I saw an interesting stat that he's won, spent 135 of the last 153 judged rounds that have been scored in, mm. in his last nine fights. That's mm. like that's 88 or 89%. <laughs> and that's, that's really unheard of at this level, whether you're talking about a Sugar Ray Leonard or whoever in the past. So that says to me, again, who's, who's he fighting? Well, okay, you know, he, you know, he was said that last night he wasn't really pushed. He'll be pushed in this. Fight, and I think we'll see the. And that's the best thing. We'll see the best come out of him, and that's what I think. That's that will help accomplish some of the things, that, the, the questions that you just raised for Errol Spence Jr.
2: Got to let Chris Myers run here in just a minute on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, but not before you're around Ray Boom Boom Mancini again. You're talking about an early '80s icon in the in the lightweight division and the lighter weight divisions. You're also around Lennox Lewis on these broadcasts. What's it What's it like to be around these iconic fighters and just soak in? Uh, Their knowledge, their experience, what they did in the ring That's got to be a thrill when you're around them On these big events, these big pay-per-views Right, Chris?
3: Yeah, and they have it. They have different stories about uh, getting ready for fights, opponents, different things that have happened in their background celebrities through the big the big fights. They're so much fun. They're regular guys, especially you know Mancini. Who, I've had a little more time to hang out with. You go to restaurants and everybody knows him through the years <laughs> and his his big personality. Whereas Lennox Lewis is, i, I I'm, he's 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 got this kind of uh, I'll play a prank on you side, fun side, and I wish more of that would kind of come through on the. Air as he's done some broadcasting. He's a very studious fighter, you know, an undisputed heavyweight champ in terms of an international flavor, and, and he uh, and plays chess and, and is, uh, you know, as I say, really studies and sees things. You and I, even though we follow boxing, can watch a fight and see one thing, but he'll see a lot more, and he'll tell you why or why not somebody's doing something or what they should do next. I mean, it could almost be a, a trainer. Uh, so, But it's, it's terrific having watched and admired what those guys have done. And, uh, you know, you sit and talk to them, and they don't. They don't sound like you know a tough guy that would get into a brawl with you, but boy, you push them in the wrong direction, and and they do, and and they, and they uh, you know they'll, they'll have that personality, and, and you hope more of that comes out in a in a broadcast, which uh, which it has at times if you if you push them enough, but they're very very entertaining, and very likable guys,
2: no doubt. And Mancini is so diminutive, yet you know powerful fighter, powerful puncher, and then and then Lennox Lewis is huge, so you got di- yeah. diametrically opposite guys that you're around, yeah. but yeah. still gritty, tough punchers, fighters providers.
3: Yeah, as they were great, and the, Ray, I teased him. I said, Ray, you're shrinking, and, and Lennox is getting bigger. I mean, you know, there's, there's something going on here. I don't know. Neither one of you are fighting right now, so it's okay. Uh, but, but uh, yes, they are. They're they're very, they ha- they really enjoy too. Uh, TJ, you know, meeting with fighters, going to the, the the arena and hanging out and watching. Even on the prelims, they'll notice things about young up and comers that they hardly know their name, but what they see in the way the guy's footwork, uh, and how he handles a, that or takes a punch, and uh, you know learn a lot. You think you've seen and read and watched, uh, but you learn more when you're hanging out with those guys.
2: No doubt. Love hanging out with this guy, and we'll see what happens with Errol Spence, with Sean Porter. Again, Unified World Welterweight title fight, pay-per-view on Fox starting 9 Eastern time. Adjust your time zone accordingly. Uh, You can get it through your cable operator, satellite operator, online, through the apps, etc., through Fox and PBC in the pay-per-view. Chris, I love uh, the insight and the knowledge on all things, including boxing. Thank you for spending a little time with me here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast.
3: I always love it. Remember, Porter's won as an underdog a few times against Danny Garcia. That was last September. And then uh, Alexander, again, which was several years ago. So we know he's a big underdog here. But I'm with you. I think this fight goes the distance or at least in the 10th or 11th round before uh, before we get a finish. And Spence should win it. Uh, but it'll be fun to watch. Thanks for having me on. I always love talking boxing.
2: Again, Big Five Weekend brought to you in part by Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. If you're looking for tickets on the secondary market for Spence and Porter, you can save with Vivid Seats. They've got great customer service. They've got 100% guarantee on your order. Again, Vivid Seats is the place to go. And if you're a first-time user, sign up and use the promo code BIGFIGHT10. That's our promo code, BIGFIGHT10, to take 10% off your order up to $50. So you'll be able to save with us at checkout promo code BIGFIGHT10 again for tickets to Spence Porter and this entire card at Staples Center any fight, any college football NFL game, baseball playoffs all of it, just remember the name Vivid Seats and our promo code BIGFIGHT10
3: We're back on Big Fight Weekend, now here's your host TJ Reeves
2: Oh, we're counting it down. It is Spence and Porter. It is World Welterweight Unification Time, Staples Center, Los Angeles, Saturday night. It is the Big Fight Weekend Podcast, and my pleasure to call back in. Love the insight. Uh, Love the wit, the humor. He keeps me in line. Marquise can't keep me in line by himself. i got to enlist other help. Antoine Williams in Houston, Texas. Greatest of all time boxing promotions. The GOAT. Uh, is here with me to give me some insight on Spence and Porter and all else going on this weekend and beyond for boxing. Good to talk to you, my friend. Happy final weekend of September, and I know you, like me, looking forward to this Welterweight Showdown.
4: Oh, absolutely, TJ. I'm so, I'm so excited, man. I got goosebumps on my arms right now. I can't believe we're here. We're less than uh, a little bit over 24 hours away from Spence and Porter. Can you believe it? Welterweight Showdown... For the title, uh, the day is here. The talking's over, and we're gonna get right down to business. So let's
2: go. I think uh, I think we're all ready for this. So there's it's been a while with the buildup. I think they've done a press conference or an interview or two about this all week out in L.A. Uh, in your mind, all right, Spence undefeated, Porter obviously well tested and has a version of the title. What does this fight come down to, Antoine?
4: You know, I I took some. Uh, some different pointers from this fight that I truly think is going to be eye-opening. You're going to have to really pay a lot of attention to for the, for the boxing community. Um, I think Porter to uh, come out and be effective. Porter's going to have to come out and really rough up Errol Spence, not change much, be who Sean Porter is. We know Sean Porter likes to get down in the trenches, get down and dirty. Um, you know, use some of that roughhouse tactics that he does. It's not really illegal. I wouldn't call it illegal, but he does like to get in there sometimes. Um, sometimes maybe accidentally, you know, lead with a head. Um, if accident accidentally can be a word for that, but you know, Sean Porter is going to be right in his face. His best chance of, of coming out, causing some havoc to arrow Spence is to be right in his face, get on the inside. You know, dig to the body. You're not going to fight Errol Spence from a distance and expect to have a lot of success. So I think Porter's best chance, TJ, is to get inside, rough, roughhouse him. You know, make the referee tap him on the shoulder and say, you know what, you're 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 um, leading with your head, or make make the referee you know tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, that 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 punch was low um, because you're not, like I said, to beat Errol Spence, someone who's never lost before. He's not familiar with that. You're going to have to come out and throw the kitchen sink at him, T.J.
2: Well, and uh, we we are going to lay this out many different ways. I know I was just talking about it with Chris Myers right before you came on. Uh, Porter, uh, not a big puncher. He's a volume puncher. His success, I believe, is going to be that he is able to consistently land round after round after round volume of punches. That is, I think, I believe his biggest pathway to victory is to out-box, out-land, out, out, box, out, land, out score Errol Spence. How much of that, if not all of that, do you buy as a way that Porter wins his fight?
4: Yes, and that's that's the other part to it, uh, part two to it, is you have to throw combinations of punches. You're not going to stand there and just jab Errol Spence, because Porter, as you know, is the shorter fighter. His, his arm length is shorter, his height is a little bit shorter, his style is to get on the inside. So yes, TJ, you're absolutely right. You have to throw a combination of punches. You're going to have to throw some hooks. You're going to have to throw some uppercuts, you know, things that Errol Spence maybe not, be, maybe not expecting. Um, and you have to win rounds. You have to win rounds, and you have to win rounds early. If you come out there and you get down 3-0, 3-0 or 4-0 to Spence, forget about it. Sean Porter's not a knockout puncher. It is what it is. If you look at his fight, you know, he has 30 wins, um, only two defeats, and one draw, but he's not a big puncher. And so Sean Porter knows who Sean Porter is. His dad is getting him ready, you know, uh, to, to, to fight the fight of his life. And I think that Sean Porter is just going to have to out-hustle Errol Spence, if that, if that can even, you know, if you can out-hustle Errol Spence. It sounds easier said than done. Sure it is. Errol Spence is hustled. <laughs> Let's be clear here, TJ. Errol Spence is 25-0, and um, you know, 21 KOs. And so you. most people don't even get a chance to, to, to see the 12th round when you fight Errol Spence. Nevertheless, you know, Thinking that you're going to out hustle Errol Spence, they call him the truth for a reason. You know, you don't get that name the truth unless you're the unless you're the real deal. <laughs> and this kid is—he's is, is a, a—he's a heck of a fighter. Um, you know, two—you t- know, Golden Glove winner, 2009 Golden Glove winner. Um, fights out of Dallas. You know, has a lot of a lot of money riding on a lot of future money riding on this fight. So. I just can't wait, TJ. It's going to be one barn burner, and we're going to be right there to see it, right there on pay-per-view, along with the rest of the world.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that. Okay, one more point on this. Do you buy in—I kind of touched on this with Chris also, I want your opinion— that Spence had an easy time with a blown-up lightweight in Mikey Garcia, who just did not offer a lot in that March fight at AT AT&T Stadium. He, He, especially as the fight went on, looked fatigued and looked like the extra weight on him from 135 up to 147 was affecting him. So Spence had a very easy time. It was almost like target practice. The previous fight is a one-round knockout against Ocampo, the Mexican fighter, uh, which he didn't have to do a whole lot. So, do you buy into? Hey, Spence hasn't really been tested in his last two fights at all, and Porter may be able to test him and test him early for that reason. What do you think of that?
4: Well, that's a good that's a good fair question. You know, um, I don't buy into that. I think Mikey Garcia is respected amongst the top. In my opinion at least top 15 if not top 10 fighters in the world um he's that good remember we're talking about a mikey garcia undefeated mikey garcia whose only blemish was against errol spence now true enough mikey moved up two weight classes so no i don't think errol spence is taking um this fight lightly because of what happened with mikey garcia It's two different fighters mikey garcia is an established boxer he has a high ring iq you know, he, he he's there to hit you and uh get out of the way. He's not really there to try to knock you out. So he has in my opinion, Mikey Garcia is more of a of a of a technical boxer than a Sean Porter. So I think Errol Spence learned a lot from that fight. As a matter of fact, TJ, uh Sean Porter was trying to get under Errol Spence's skin in in the media sessions and said, Hey, you said you said that uh you were gonna you were gonna knock out uh Mikey Garcia. And Errol Spence said, I didn't want to knock out Mikey Garcia. I wanted to just show everybody that I had a high boxing IQ. People see me as just a knockout artist. I'm more than a knockout artist. And so Sean Porter was like, well, you know, you said you were going to knock him out. And, and Errol Spence's reply was, I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to knock you out. So we're going to see what happens. I think it's, <laughs> it's, it's all fake, you know, promotion. I think, it, I think uh, Errol Spence, I do want to tell you, I truly think Errol Spence is going to go for the knockout. Let's just hope it doesn't backfire because Sean Porter's never been knocked out, TJ. Keep that yep. in mind. Yep. Never ever knocked out. I mean, he's been down. He he got knocked down by a check hook from Adrian Broner, and Adrian Broner, as we know, is not a huge puncher. You know, but that was in the twelfth round. Maybe Sean was taking it lightly. He was already up on the scorecards, you know, so that could be that. But I think that Errol Spence, I truly think he's gonna go for the knockout. He wants to shut up Sean Porter's dad. He wants to shut up Sean <laughs> Porter, he wants to show people that He can be the first person to knock out Sean Porter. And you know what? I, I give a heck of a lot of respect. If Errol Spence somehow knocks out Sean Porter, I'd be the first to raise my hand and say, that man is the truth.
2: Yep. That's his nickname. That's the voice of Antoine Williams. Greatest of all time boxing promotions. He's going to tell you more about what he's up to later this year in the Houston, Texas area where he's doing uh, promotions. All right, quickly, uh, the co-main event, Anthony Durrell, David Benavides. This was supposed to be a fight a year ago, 12 months ago, but Benavides failed a drug test, positive drug test for cocaine. He ends up getting stripped of the WBC 168-pound title or the, or the WBO, 168 pound title, um, and so now uh, WBC. I got it. I got it right the first time. So now Darrell ends up fighting um, Yildirim, the Turkish fighter, in February. The fight ends in a technical decision, uh, where Darrell got cut but was ahead on points after ten rounds. So he's the champ. So now we get the Durrell Benavides fight a year after we were. At first, anticipating Darrell and Benavides, I think this could be a very entertaining fight. I know David Benavides has been sparring with Sean Porter some. They're in the same camp. Uh, Porter wanted to work with a bigger fighter. Uh, Benavides wanted to work with a smaller, quicker fighter, so they they worked with each other. I'm intrigued by this one at 168 in the co event. Give me a quick thought, Antoine.
4: Yes, TJ. This is going to be a really good fight, better than what most people expect. You know, um, let me tell you a little bit about. Darrell, first of all. Darrell is him and his brother, Anthony Darrell. You know, those guys, they're out of Michigan. Those guys are hard workers, you know, blue-collar workers. They get in the ring. They have a, a very uh, high ring IQ. Uh, Darrell can jab. He can box. Don't And don't forget, he has some power as well. He has some knockouts on his record. And I think that uh, this could be a very interesting fight because on the other side, you have David Benavides who, you know, didn't have much uh, didn't have many rounds in his last fight. He knocked out Jay Leon Love, another Michigan fighter, uh, within two rounds. So he didn't get a lot of rounds. He didn't get a lot of activity. He's been out of the ring a little while because, like you said, he you know we know he tested you know positive for for uh, illegal illegal drugs last year, and that kept him out for a little while. So we don't really know if David Benavides has that wind. We don't really know you know how much. Um, that could take an effect when you've been out of the ring because we know when you've been out of the ring that can affect you. Just look at Keith Thurman, you know, for example, when, right. when he came back a host of Cito Lopez. So uh, we know we know the facts. The facts are David Benavides is a big puncher. We know he's undefeated. You know, uh, we know that he has a huge frame to be fighting at 168 uh, in, in the super middleweight division. These are things we know. But we don't know what happens when he gets hit on the chin, you know, from uh, someone that can crack just like he can, you know, Durell. Durell may not be the the bigger puncher in the fight, but he can still crack. Yep. And I'll tell you what, TJ, he fought, Benavides fought another uh, fighter out of Las Vegas named Ronald Gavriel, and they fought twice, and the first fight, that fight was close, in my opinion. They gave it to Benavides on the scorecards, but that fight was close. David Benavides ran into a jab in the 12th round and got knocked down in the 12th round from a jab. So we really don't know how great his chin is. So, so with all things equal, I think that this fight, uh, I anticipate this fight will go to the, we'll go to the judges. And I'm going to tell you, man, I think if you want to know my prediction on that fight, I could see, um, maybe Benavides squeaking out a, um, a decision but it would not surprise me at all if Durrell was to win that fight, you know, uh, as well. So, you know, it's kind of like a pick up. It's kind of like a pick fight, TJ. So, I'm really, should really be, interested in it seeing that.
2: Should fight. be very entertaining. Again, that's the co-main event, 168 pound title, uh, and Marquise is going to be talking about that, Marquise Johns, later on here about what's in the offing for the winner of this fight as a possible unification fight at super middleweight. Uh, we will find out uh what the future holds for either Durrell or david Benavides, and it's a shot at redemption for Benavides, obviously after the embarrassment of the positive drug test so we'll see how that goes couple more minutes antoine williams tell me a little more uh you've got greatest of all time boxing promotions and you've got an upcoming event as much as you want to share with me because i know all the details are not out but tell me a little more about your promotion and what you have going on
4: sure absolutely tj we we love uh Talking about you know boxing here in, in Houston and, and Texas as a whole and just you know all over the nation, boxing has such a, a, a buzz going right now and and uh, you know the sweet science and we, and we love to help the fighters. So what I'm working on TJ is this fall, since we're in the fall, this November, we're going to put on another awesome exhibition sparring event. And the reason that this is going to be so exciting is that you know we want to do it. Uh, we want to open it up to all the boxing gyms here in Houston. We want to even invite some of the boxers from other parts of the of the country um, that have been wanting to get a chance to be seen and get more exposure. And when I'm talking about exposure, we're talking amateur fighters, pro fighters. So that we're we're welcoming everybody. You know, we don't care how old you know how old you are, how young you are. If you have a passion to become a fighter, or if you are an up and coming fighter. GOAT's going to invite you out. We're going to let the the people know um, how to get a hold of us. You can always follow us, of course, on our website, thegoatboxingpromotions.com. You can always stay up to date with everything we're doing on social media, Facebook page, the Goat Boxing Promotions on Facebook, Instagram. I'm on Instagram at BoxingExpert33. And we just want everybody to come out, share their experience, Come out, network, meet the different managers, meet some of the best up-and-coming fighters that people don't know about right now, and we just want to give them that platform. We love giving the fighters the platform, TJ, to come out, mingle, get in the ring, show what they got. We we'll also we always give them a chance to get out there and do some interviews, uh, take pictures, sign autographs with the fans, and just make it one big one big media day. And uh, it's a win-win. It's a win-win for the sport of boxing. So. Stay tuned for that. More information to come. Uh, but I can tell you that November is the target and we'll be getting everybody all the specifics, but in the meantime, stay up to date with us on the website, thegoatboxingpromotions.com, once again, and on Facebook, the goat boxing promotions. Hey, TJ, I want to shift gears real quick before we go. Yep. I wanted to point out something regarding, um, Sean Porter and Errol Spence that I think is very important for everyone to keep an eye on in this fight. So, As you know, TJ, Sean Porter has fought and campaigned at higher weights throughout his career. So a lot of people may not know Sean Porter has fought above, uh, especially in the amateurs, he fought above 147 pounds. So I want people to kind of pay attention to during the fight tomorrow night, the main event, how Sean Porter, I don't think, is going to get thrown around the ring by Errol Spence. As some people are suggesting, I think Sean Porter is doing himself great things by sparring with the David Benavides of the right, world, who's a right. huge 168. Uh, Sean Porter has sparred with other fighters that I'm a, I'm familiar with, such as uh, KO Linnell, Be- Linnell KO Bellows, who fights out of Las Vegas. Shouts out to Linnell, who actually just. You know, just had a knockout win over over a fighter. My and Lanell, fighter, Lanell, if I can interject,
2: uh, Lanell is bigger than Sean Porter also, like Benavides is also. So, that, in other words, he fought a couple of different guys or sparred him at different points uh, to to get in the ring and tussle with a guy that's bigger in a sparring session to get ready for these kind of things, right?
4: Right. Exactly, TJ. That's correct. Lanell Bellows fights at 168, typically. Last week, he came in at 170. These are guys that are fighting at 168. But who knows? They're probably walking around at 180, 185. And Sean Porter is sparring with these guys, and he's holding his own. The word is he's holding his own. So when you're sparring with Linnell Bellows, who's a great fighter, by the way, you know, um, out of Vegas, you know, fights with the money team. And then you have fighters like Benavides, who, whose record speaks for itself. He's undefeated. When you're When you're sparring with these guys and you have – uh, the ability to hang in there and 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 get your shots off, and and you know carry your own weight as they say, you prepare yourself for these fights against some of the elite in the sport. You know, Errol Spence is, is a top five fighter in the sport, hands down. No matter who you talk to, so I think he's going to hold his own as far as um as far as you know, he's not going to be thrown around. I I see some of the posts out here, today about. People saying, you know, Errol will probably manhandle Sean and get him out of there within six rounds. As much as I like Errol Spence, you know, I'm a Sean Porter fan as well. I just don't see him manhandling Sean Porter. You know, he may beat him, but I don't think he's just going to put the weight on him and manhandle him. So just keep that, just keep an eye out for that, T. With the boxing world, to keep an eye out for that tomorrow. If Sean Porter somehow is able to just, you know, stand his ground, you know, stand his ground and and, and fire back, um, I, I think that the sparring sessions he's had with these bigger fighters, greater, bigger fighters and, and probably greater fighters like Benavidez is helping Sean Porter. So, um, but this, this is going to be a terrific fight TJ. I know I, I just, I, I can't wait. You know what, you know, everybody is, is salivating and, 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 and uh, about the possibility of a, of an Errol Spence parents Crawford super fight next year, possibly potentially maybe I'm thinking maybe potentially next fall, and Errol Spence knows if he loses this fight to Sean Porter, there ain't going to be no Terrence Crawford. Let's be clear.
2: Yep. Well, and that's that's what's in the offing, and we're going to talk a little later on about Manny Pacquiao and that name. A lot of big fights if, uh, if you win this for either one of them. Sp- uh, Spence or Porter's got a huge 2020 payday coming if they get victory Saturday night, so that's part of the intrigue as well. Again, the greatest of all time boxing promotions online, Greatest of all time boxing promotions as well on Facebook. Find out more about their November event. If you're regionally in the Houston area, in, in Western Louisiana, in Dallas, Texas, anywhere, anywhere in Texas, Louisiana. Uh, in that area. Uh, contact Antoine about the sparring event, etc. He does a great job with young up-and-coming fighters and giving them some publicity, some recognition, engaging with the fans. And I always love your your analysis, your insight. I'm looking forward to Spence Porter. Thank you for spending some time with me on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Thank you, Antoine.
4: Oh, you're welcome, TJ. Nobody does it better than Big, Big Fight Weekend, let's be clear. So, uh, hey, thanks for having me on, TJ, and we'll see you at the next one.
2: It has been a while, but if there is a humongous fight in La La Land, in Hollywood, in Tinseltown, on the left coast, I have to catch up with Thomas Looney, my former Fox Sports Radio brother from another mother, It has been a while. It is good to be with you, and it's good to talk the fistic art, the sweet science, my friend.
1: Ooh, I love it. Live from Hollywood, live on tape. From Hollywood, (laughs) shaping values for generations to come. Birthplace of political correctness. And, oh, yes, just down the street from my house, a big fight, and I love it. Uh, Errol Spence,
2: Sean Porter, world welterweight title fight. Same question that I have asked a couple of others uh, that are out there in and around it. I know we're a couple of days from it. Is there some buzz? Because L.A.'s got a ton going on, obviously. Is there some buzz as we build to Saturday night in this fight? What say you?
1: Well, you're asking a guy from the boxing cult. You know, I don't know if... Carlos or Guillermo working down at the (laughs) at the uh, on the corner uh, fixing radiators uh, are uh, are necessarily tuned in. Uh, It will be tuned in for this fight or buzzing about it. But I am because that's my world. I love the sweet science. I love when there's big fights coming up. Sometimes if you want to go, I guess I'm like Andy Warhol, Uh, TJ, if you want to go. Uh, deep, 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 deep dive into, into the sweet science and talk to me about the 10th rated fighter in the welterweight division. I might not be down that deep in the pool. I might need scuba equipment to get down there. But when it comes to the big fights, I'm always either at the fight or I got my ringside seat pulled up in front of my 52-inch TV.
2: Yeah. And so Errol Spence, unbeaten, is the next big thing. There's a lot of talk that he would fight Manny Pacquiao uh, at some point in 2020. Uh, Pacquiao is not 57 years of age yet but is still hanging (laughs) in there and so it might be Spence and Pacquiao if he wins. Sean Porter is obviously a Southern California guy. He's the WBC champion so he's got some following there. Spence is a guy from Texas that's a former Olympian and he's he's fought on the big stage enough where, where fans all over the country know him. I, I'm just curious, is there going to be a, a big crowd, a big rabid following at Staples
1: Center? Is oh. this a big event? What do you think? Yes, it'll be sold out. This is a boxing town, and I did mention how Guillermo down the street on the corner and <laughs> Carlos, uh, would they be into, in, into this? But I will tell you this, and on, on the, the largest Spanish newspaper in the country, La Opinion, if you take a look at the sports section every single day that above the fold, the top stories are always boxing stories. So this is a Mexican and a Mexican-American city uh, that loves the sweet science. And even though there's no Latinos fighting at Staples Center, the largest crowds, because remember, you can go right down onto the floor even more than any NBA finals or anything. The largest crowd ever to see anything at Staples Center was uh, Manny Pacquiao. And Antonio Margarito, about about 10 years ago. So, yeah, this is a city that's a fan of the sweet science. And whenever they have fights at Staples Center, they're usually close to sold out.
2: Well, and Oscar De La Hoya, obviously very famed from L.A., has fought in L.A. and now promotes with Oh, yeah, with born Golden and raised Boy, in L.A. Right, yep. out of and, L.A., and, so it's it's, right. it's, it's prominent. Uh, you know, you just jogged my memory on something, because we're on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, and we write about boxing as well at bigfightweekend.com, and I love writing about the historical fights, and I include you, I tag you sometimes on social media when we write I about these it. historical fights. I did not realize when Ali fought in the 70s, I know we're going in the way back, when Ali fought in the early 70s, he fought Ken norton the first time in san diego and norton broke his jaw san diego mm-hmm. california was the fu- second
1: time at the forum The right? second
2: time was at the inglewood forum yes sir yes in 1973, with the one and only Chick Hearn on the television call of the Ali-Norton fight, 1973, the rematch. I did not realize that till I went back. So my point is, bo- boxing has been part of the culture for decades and decades and decades, and Ali even knew that, and Don King even
1: knew that in the early 70s. Well, I would tell you, my L.A. fitness on El Centro uh, Avenue between Sunset and Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles in Hollywood used to have used to be an armory and they used to have world championship fights i, I there's a plaque outside and i only <laughs> discovered this recently used to have world championship fights in what is now my LA fitness and so this city has a deep rich history Los Angeles has a deep rich history with boxing and here's a fun fact for you you never would have had i love lucy with Fred and Ethel, starring William Frawley and wh- whoever that chubby woman, Vivian Vance, to played <laughs> Ethel, because Lucy and Ricky loved the fights. And they used to always go to the fights at the Armory, which wow. is now the LA Fitness. Wow. And they were still looking for the perfect person to play Fred. And while at the fights, they ran into William Frawley, old friend, and they said, ah, we've got our guy. And they brought him in for an audition. So if it wasn't for boxing, you never would have had William Frawley playing Fred on I Love Lucy. How about that?
2: This man has got the info, the intel, the trivia. He is Tom Looney hanging out with me on the Big Fight Weekend uh, podcast. Um, Okay, so look, I'm interested in this fight. I think it could be very entertaining. Spence is the bigger puncher. But we just, uh, pump the brakes is such a 2010s phrase. We need to pump the brakes a little (laughs) bit here. This is not Sugar Ray Leonard, Thomas Hearns. Tom Looney, please opine. You just uh, mentioned la opinion. Uh, Opine for me. That We were around in the early 80s, and Leonard was a a mega star, not just in boxing but in sports because he had won the Olympic gold. He had been on network TV with Howard Cosell calling his fights. So when he fought Hearns, who had really burst on the scene about the year before out of Detroit and had won a couple of fights on network TV and was knocking everybody out, there was humongous interest, and there were so few options on TV besides uh, you know, boxing being on occasionally or Monday night football, oh, whatever it was people on. People
1: had channels two, four, seven. That's right. And nine. They had yeah. like
2: four, four channels and right. a knob to turn the TV. And this yes. was one of the first fights that was kind of on pay per view or satellite. That was not a heavyweight title fight. Right. Leonard Hearns was a humongous deal in eighty one. I don't care what Spence and Porter do Saturday night. This is not that, right? I mean, we can't say that this is Leonard and Hearns. Well,
1: there's there's lots of different ways to look at in terms of the percentage of people in America that love boxing and the sweet science and get excited for fights. Because I don't know that it's any more or less than back then. It's just a different demographic. As I mentioned, boxing is the number one sport among Latinos. And in the 80s, there weren't as many Latinos in the United States of America as there is now. So I don't know that the demog- that, that uh, there's less people watching. I just think the demographics are different. So that's a whole other kind of right. Fareed Zakaria kind, of <laughs> kind, kind of economic and socioeconomic and social political question. But is it as big as that? In our hearts, it'll never be that big. Are these guys as talented? We don't like to think so because on sports a lot of times we have golden age syndrome but it is a big fight with two guys who are excellent fighters and if you want to go back in the hot tub time machine uh, those were you know sugar ray leonard came along right you know muhammad ali had retired and people said there's never going to be anybody as charismatic as muhammad ali and sugar ray wasn't as but he was in the same neighborhood and he had great commercials mm-hmm. with his son, yep. and he was so likable by everybody, by the masses. He didn't have any social political baggage, which Ali did earlier in his career. So Sugar Ray Leonard still, an, and just an, still and still to this day, an enormous star and charismatic man. Charismatic man when he walks into a room. So neither one of these guys have Sugar Ray Leonard charisma. Uh, as I go down the rabbit hole, but. You know, how many people do have sugar ray leonard charisma you know don't urinate on this parade mr Reeves. Uh, this is <laughs> i agree a really good i fight agree you're talking you're talking rider. about him being in the stratosphere
2: and it's tough for anybody yes. to be in the stratosphere i i agree with that and leonard by the way is still around la and hollywood some of the time right because he's got business interest and has uh has done commentating and uh he's sober different. now so he's miserable <laughs> well, yeah, not partying as much. Still looks great though. Uh oh my God, you know, thirty years post fighting career basically, uh to look at Sugar Ray Leonard and 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 see him and, and have him be around. All right, so let's bring it back uh, because you love the sweet science here. Yes. Uh, I don't believe Porter has enough punch. The only real chance he has is volume of punches, scoring, getting in and getting out, and winning a decision. I believe Errol Spence can knock Sean Porter out or stop him. Ooh. Feel free well, to, I always, Feel free to uh, jump in on the strategy or how either one of them might or might not win. What do you think? Well,
1: I always hope for a knockout and some knockdowns. I am so tired of seeing 12 round decisions because I've been to over 50 uh, world championship fights, most of them in Vegas, a few of them in LA. And I love when there's knockouts, knockdowns, right? And I think when there's all of a sudden a knockdown and you're watching a fight, it's one of the most exciting things that there is. And remember with, with Thurman and Pacquiao it was right in the first round, get you all excited. Even if there's no more, I put you on the edge of the seat and all of a sudden all your senses are ready. And so I hope someone gets knocked down. The problem with this fight is they're both such excellent fighters, excellent fighters who don't make mistakes, provide, and when there's two of them in the ring, sometimes provide you with what can be a boring fight before Pacquiao. And Mayweather, which you know, those of us in the boxing cult told all the people who weren't in the cult or no longer in the cult or opined <laughs> about the eighties <80s, laughs> that they would love this fight. We forgot to mention it could be boring because they're both so good and they don't make mistakes. This is what could happen in this fight. But that aside, I think we should always, you know, we should always have that caveat. Otherwise, uh, we're 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 misselling a fight. But. Earl Spence and Sean Porter both excellent fighters. Neither make mistakes. They both have they, – they just so. I, I think Spence may have the better skills, but right, he doesn't have the punch. I mean I, I, I think Porter, Sean Porter right. may have the better skills, but he doesn't have the punch that Earl Spence does. But Earl Spence has never fought anyone like Sean Porter, which makes this so intriguing. Sean's probably going to have to be rough in there uh, and stay on the inside. I don't know that's where he's the most talented, but if he stays in Earl Spence's chest – and remains uh, you know, aggressive. There's a great chance that he takes a fight. Now, if Earl Spence is allowed to box and dictate the pace, then he's probably got the best opp- opportunity to win. What's, what's really also fun about Sean Porter is he's got uh, – he loves the sweet science as well. He loves the history of it. He's uh, well-trained, and he's always got like – like Henry Ford or any great businessman, Plan A, Plan B, Plan <laughs> C, and Plan D. I said, sub- I suppose I probably should have used a more uh, modern reference in Henry Ford. Uh, but, <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, I, I see Errol Spence as probably being the best in the division. This is the welterweight division, a title unification fight, the best in the division. And he will probably win by unanimous decision. I don't know if there will be any knockouts. There might be knockdowns if the guy makes a mistake, but I don't think there's going to be a knockout in this fight. They're both too good.
2: All right. The analysis of Tom Looney with me for a few more moments as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. It is Spence Porter world welterweight unification fight errol spence it's a little bit of an unknown here because his last couple of fights uh he fought mikey garcia which i'm going to make you smile it looked like garcia had been puffed up from lightweight with an air pump uh to fight at 147 and that was not much of a challenge and spence's previous fight before that he knocked the guy down in the first round with a couple of big punches and that was it a little known fighter uh in a title defense uh at jerry jones's uh practice facility at the star in frisco texas so they're I mean, there's still some question as to quality of competition the last yes. couple of fights for Spence. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, there's
1: the, here's one thing about boxing is, you know, people, I guess, from the mafia days in the 30s or 80 years ago or whatever, people worry about fixed fights, et cetera, or they don't agree with decisions, so they think there's funny business going on. Like I tell you, there's no boxing judges living in mansions. I'll tell you that. But what happens now is they – they fix opponents is what they do they blow up your record they make sure your first 20 or 25 fights you don't fight anybody who's very good so you can be 25 and 0 you know and i think it's better to be 20 and 5 and have fought to you know, have fought right. tough guys right. so but but a lot of times you're not getting your title shot unless you're 20 and 0 or 25 and 0 everyone loves that zero when in fact you know, I, I some a lot of old guys, old much, much older than you and I, many of them dead, always said Sugar Ray Robinson was the greatest fighter of all time. And even young people, when they make their lists, a lot of times as an homage to the past, put him at number one, and he lost like 16 times because – Back to the old days, they used to fight all the time, right? And they used to fight the top competition, the and best they, competition, and they
2: would fight seven, eight, nine times in a year. Once every yeah. month or two, and if you lost, it wasn't the end of your career. You might lose no. twice in a year and still keep right. fighting and keep. Yeah, you know, there's
1: lots of ways to lose. Guys are swinging fists, <laughs> and the same thing with MMA and UFC. Those guys are amazing. They can not only get hit by a fist, they can hit by a, a foot, oh. so and a knee. And so, yeah, and so uh, there's nothing wrong with having a loss on your record, but it's considered bad business these days in the boxing world. Well...
2: We'll see if it's good business on on Saturday evening. You you've mentioned uh, in the past being in these big fights. Uh, the, the biggest in, in in L.A. for example, the biggest one in L.A. recently, Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury last <laughs> December that had the drama of the twelfth round where where Wilder scored the knockdown you right. were just talking about and Fury got up from it with a minute left in the fight and survived, and the fight ended up being a draw. When you're in the arena, relay this to the audience, whether it's Staples Center or you've been to Vegas many a time for the big. Fights there as well. What is that like for you? What What is that moment like when they dim the lights, the fighters come to the ring? Because uh, it's different. It's different than football. It's different than the NBA or the or the college basketball final four. It's different.
1: It is so different. And I tell you, when they walk into the ring, it's one of my favorite parts. Uh, and over the years, going to the De La Hoya fights, when he would step into the ring the mariachis with the trumpets <laughs> fire up and they didn't have microphones cause they didn't need it cause it was trumpets and the entire place would go nuts. And you had this old fashioned Mexican music going on and it was, and chills would just go down your spine. And even the national anthems, which I always think is—I've always thought it was—I've been one of the oddballs that it was kind of weird to have national anthems at sporting events. But people don't like to hear that; right. they think you're being political. But I'm not. I was always thought—I never understood why I did it. But anyway, the the national anthems at fights are fun too because then you know people are usually cheering for an ethnicity or some of the racial elements, or the, someone that looks like them. You know, the over the years, Italians—you cho- know—cheered for Italians, and Irish cheered for Irish. Now, the newer immigrants, Latinos and Asians, are cheering for the people that look like them. And then there's national anthems as well, and Mexicans would sing. the Mexicans actually knew the words. Hey, to your
2: point, let me me interject. (laughs) To your point, so Fury fought in Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you got a chance to see it or cared. Uh All right. Before the fight, so the opponent he fought was Swedish, Otto Wallin, who nobody knew. They right. literally, Thomas Looney, did four national anthems because oh, they see, did valine's <laughs> Swedish one. They did the Mexican national anthem because it was Mexican Independence Day. They did a little <laughs> God Save the Queen for Fury, and they yeah. did the Star Spangled Banner. The anthems were longer, I think, than the fight the, action I itself
1: know. to do all I of those know. anthems, to your point. And this is one of the things you don't want to do on over-the-air radio because people will take it the wrong way. You don't love America? No, it's just... A, 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 it doesn't belong, but uh, you know, it's 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 a fight. It doesn't make sense. But what's really funny is, what if they did it in Major League Baseball, for every person who was represented, in every country on every <laughs> team? So you do a, you know, so you do an Argentine national anthem, a right. Venezuelan national anthem, right. Dominican, Puerto Rico, <laughs> right, right? Yes. <laughs> Could you could you imagine if they did that before every baseball game? Then people would start to get our point. Hey, wait a minute! Right. So, um, or people would just scream at you that it's America and they should do one. But yeah, anyway, that is uh, that's part of the fun as well and the English. Oh, my God, if there's an English fighter, they come up with songs. Ricky Hatton, there's only oh, yeah. one yeah oh, yeah. They Ricky start singing Hatton. their own chants and songs, and, right. right. They had this Winter Wonderland song where they, you know, the Winter Wonderland song, and they would change the words to Ricky Hatton. There's only one Ricky Hatton, and it was... Just magical, and so yeah, being in the ring for a big fight—there's nothing like it. It's magical. It's a little bit bloodthirsty, and you're a little bit embarrassed at times, thinking, "Should this actually even be legal?" <laughs> right. It's, it's well, like I mean, a, a, a great example again like, is it's the Fury like fight, could, except with humans, you right? Know?
2: <laughs> Fury was bleeding from the third round on, and even Joe Tessitore, who was calling the fight, began to say to everybody, "Hey, folks, there is real blood flying." Everywhere at ringside, we're getting it. Other people are getting it every time a punch lands. That again is not something you're used to when you're you, up close you, in another sport, but you get that sometimes well, in boxing.
1: It is the only sport where if you do sit too close, you do get blood on your white shirt if you're wearing a white button shirt. And so, and it's always you know it, it, it. fits the adage: you don't play boxing. I have a fun story since it's a podcast. Sure, and do it. Have to put any Geico commercials coming? Yes, on. do it. It's, uh, it's um, it, it's uh, I I never felt closer to my father than when I was in in, in Vegas covering HBO uh, and Showtime fights. And they would fly us in and we would do the shows. JT and I would do the shows from Vegas. And even back when I did local radio, Looney and Dave back uh, in Los Angeles. Um, my dad died when I was five, and I feel close to my dad when I when I would do ring announcing or when I would go to Vegas for fights. Because it was his favorite sport. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for boxing because my dad's first date with my mother was he took her to a closed circuit viewing. It's when they used to have fights. Yep. It's like pay per view, but they would have them in dingy theaters where guys were smoking cigars. And he took her to see uh, their first date, he took her to a pay per view or a, a you know, closed circuit of a Rocky Marciano fight. How about and that? that their first date. And my mother was always fascinated how it was. Nature versus nurture. Everyone talks about nature versus nurture and how we grow up and how we behave and and um and it was I have this always had this deep love for boxing and my dad wasn't in the house. He was already dead by the time he was thirty one. Wow. And I still and it was and so all those years later, I would go to Vegas and I'd be in Vegas, I'd be sitting in the ringside for the fights, and I thought, wow. This would be the thing that my dad would have the most questions about when it comes to my profession, because I'm sitting here ringside at fights uh, in Vegas, and you know, the, you, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of times when you're a kid and your dad dies young, you don't think about it for years and years and years and years, and uh, the cognitive dissonance. And so it's really it was really cool how that would come back all those years later, and I would feel close to him when I was in Vegas, and for people who are listening who are fight fans, Jim Lampley has pretty much the same story. His uh, from Jim Lampley from HBO, so right, famous. Right, legendary, right, legendary. Right. Championship fights, and one of the gold standard broadcasters. And he and I became fast friends when we both found out both of our dads had died at, uh, at a young age. His dad, when he was five, and his mother, he, he grew up in Miami, Jim Lampley, would drive, drove him to see Clay Liston. And she could only afford one ticket, bought a ticket, and then waited in the car <laughs> while he went inside. What a
2: story. What a story.
1: The yeah. And so both of us became sports fans because our mothers sat us down in front of the TV and said, your father would be watching this. And we both would know, be watching you know, football, baseball, and boxing. Uh, and in basketball, my dad was a basketball player, played with Ernie Davis, the first Heisman, Black Heisman Trophy winner. They played together in high school. So it was – we. Jim Lampley and I both, uh, circling it back to boxing, both had moms who sat us down and had us watch sports because that's what our dad would have been watching.
2: Un. Real
1: stuff. Storytelling.
2: We love Tom Looney for this, and it is Errol Spence and Sean Porter. We'll see if we get an exciting fight. Tell the audience here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, what are you up to? Because I'm always curious. I know when you were on before, you were making, like, veiled hints at game show possibility, all kinds of things. So give me updates, please. I need it. what it
1: it was, yeah, I did did do a pilot for a game show, and uh, now we reshot the pilot for the game show, and, you know, you sign one of those really thick... Um, non-disclosure forms like Stormy Daniels had to (laughs) sign but she has a big mouth, so she didn't keep her mouth shut but uh, but I have to keep my mouth shut I can't be a Stormy Daniels here and talk about it but uh, yeah I had to sign one of those so I will just say that a game show in development where uh, I serve as the host I am planning in 2020, you know, in in the year 2020, Mm -hmm. TJ, we we will not be saying 2020 (laughs) because we'll like the sound of 2020. (laughs) So we'll stop saying 2019. No, in 1919, they didn't say 1919, but for some reason, we're saying 2019. But once we get to 2020, and this is very important to me, a lot of people want to solve world hunger. I want to get people to start saying 2019, (laughs) 2018, 2017, but they won't do it. But once we get to 2020, We're going to start saying 2020 because we're going to like the sound of it. And then we're going to go on to 2021 and everything will normalize. And my cause will be realized that I put so much time into. And what were we talking about? Oh, 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 the game show. Yes. No, we're talking about me. How could I forget? So once we get to 2020, in addition to an undisclosed – um, broadcasting job, which right. we'll be very proud of, which we'll see in the trades, TJ. I will be doing a 100-city tour, Looney about sports and life, where we'll talk about things in addition to sports, like we did there with my dad, and tying things in, and, and uh motivational speaking tour on 100 college campuses across America. That's developing hot, dot, dot, dot.
2: I love it. All right, so you're going across the country to different yes. campuses. Uh, Only about the, sports and life. Yes, you, you, uh, and you are philosophical, like uh, like nobody that I know about this oh, stuff. Oh, I so studied I love the it. great
1: philosophers Socrates, Plato, all of them. Yes. <laughs>
2: Socrates, you're quoting <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure now on the podcast, <laughs> oh, no, which I, I love I, that about you. I thought I had stolen that
1: from Steve Martin. Nevertheless, maybe.
2: Yes, <laughs> but but dump, uh, uh, just remember, <laughs> strange things are afoot at the Circle K, dude. The famous uh, line.
1: Yes, another one. That's great. Uh,
2: all good on yeah, that. As Steve right. Martin
1: used to say, "Some people have a way with words. Some people not have way." <laughs> TJ, you have way. I <laughs> try. Right. Uh,
2: Spence and Porter coming Saturday night, and we look forward to the fight, and we look forward to more things from Thomas Looney. Uh, follow him at Looney on Fox on social yeah. media
1: to keep Think up I with you. How a, else? How Fox. else? I don't work at Fox anymore, TJ. I would lose my blue check mark if I changed my Twitter name. Right. And there'd be nothing worse than that. You got to keep your blue check mark. Like you know, Chloe has one, and <laughs> Kim has one, and you know. And so um, LeBron has
2: I, one, right? I'm keeping up with all the LA people, right? Yes, right. Kim
1: has one. I got to keep my blue check mark.
2: <laughs> I love that about you. We'll see if uh, Errol Spence can keep his zero, keep his unbeaten record, and win another world uh, welterweight title fight and title belt uh, and then Jay, maybe set the sights
1: on this, Pacquiao, won't we? This is a long goodbye. Are you one of the guys at Thanksgiving or the last one out the door? No. We've already you know why? Three- because we have Thanksgiving at my house,
2: so I never <laughs> leave at Thanksgiving. Everybody else is out the door and I shoo them out and I'm going to do that with you shortly. But I yeah. I always love talking with you whether it's boxing, whether it's football. Uh, let's do this again, because I've got to say to the audience, I didn't press the record button soon enough when we were talking about life and stories and other things, and that should be a podcast in and of itself. Yeah,
1: they, they missed the Jeffrey Dahmer uh, story. They missed the
2: Jeffrey Dahmer stuff, and we'll just tease them with that. The Jeff Dahmer stuff was classic, and it's a lost episode for right now. Maybe coming back around at some point. Spence and Porter will fight coming up. We'll see how it goes. Thomas Looney, thank you, sir. Always good to catch up with you. We'll see how the fight goes Saturday night at Staples Center.
1: TJ, always great to wax loquaciously with you.
2: He is back in and he's ready to help me close the show. The lead writer, the purveyor, the guy that oversees BigFightWeekend.com. He is ready for this Spence Porter pay-per-view. Finally, Welterweight Unification Showdown happening in Los Angeles. Good to be back with Marquise Johns. How are you feeling as we head towards this one?
0: Pretty good, TJ. Looking forward to this weekend's uh, pay-per-view event. More importantly, looking forward to seeing who's going to face the greatness of uh, the senator, Manny Pacquiao.
2: Yes, and so let's begin right there. We kind of have looked at this a couple of different times as maybe the second semifinal fight, that Pacquiao won the first semifinal fight with Keith Thurman, and now, uh, and now Spence and Porter fight for that. I know Chris Myers was saying to us uh, before that Pacquiao might take an easier fight before fighting the winner of this next summer. That's not for sure, but that was one of Chris's theories. But clearly, there's a lot on the line for both. And Spence is the guy unbeaten that if you get right down to it, PBC wants to see him get this tonight. But, I mean, this is some big drama for both guys because there's arguably a 10-figure payday coming, something like $5 million, $7 million, $10 million, depending on the live gate and the pay-per-view with Pacquiao. If you win this fight for Porter and Spence, right?
0: Absolutely, and with this fight being that big of a ramification, with in the welterweight division, with A being a unification bout for the two belts, and B the chance to face the biggest payday in Manny Pacquiao, it's interesting to see how big of a deal this will be in terms of the Spence Porter who will who they will face afterwards after Pacquiao, because eventually that was, he clean up the division with the away because in the world of PBC, Terrence Crawford just doesn't exist.
2: But at some point, somebody's got to get around to fighting Crawford to be the undisputed champ. And I know Crawford and Spence, you've written about this, have kind of, they've had conversations privately, then Crawford's kind of called him out on social media. That's the one that everybody's pointing to, but clearly Crawford's going to have to wait at least six months, maybe a year or more. For that fight to be a reality with Errol Spence is so it would appear right now, right? At the, at the best, it's like the fall of next year if they can come together, the promotion
0: That is at the earliest, TJ. And because of the way the PPC has the discipline division set up for the staggered tournament, he, essentially Crawford going to have to wait until, A, his mandatory against uh, Kowalovskis in December, which takes place at Madison Square Garden. And then from there, if he stays at 147, he, he'll have to wait and see at the back end of because they're not going to push his fight aside for Manny Pacquiao after that fight as well. It's going to be a solid year, year and a half. At this
2: all fight. right, so all that's for down the road. For Saturday night, what are you looking for? What do you believe is going to happen with Spence Porter here? How's it going to unfold, Marquise?
0: On my end with this fight with Spence Porter, it's amazing, TJ, how much of an underdog are giving Porter in this fight, despite the fact that the big conversation this week, especially if you're on social boxing-wise, is people's fight resumes. And fight resume wise, Porter has a better resume. He's faced Keith Furman, he's faced Danny Garcia, Kel Brook. I mean, that compared to Spence, who's fought uh, his last fight against a, a lightweight Mikey Garcia, I mean, Phil Greco. I mean, you know, the, 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 rest, the best of the rest. So, what I'm looking forward to with this fight from Porter's end of it is A, will he make weight? Because he almost didn't make weight with Ugas, and he got haircut. And B, will Spence stay on the outside like he did against Garcia, which has been his M.O. for the majority of his fights, where he keeps everybody on the outside of him and just box him in corners? If well, Porter can get away from that, it'll be a better fight.
2: And it is interesting, Marquise, that he does have the longer hair again leading into Friday's weigh in, that he might have to go to that as the trump card uh, to get that haircut if he needs to make weight or go uh, run a few more laps and come back and do, you know, in the heat and do something uh, to try to make weight if Porter has to do that. And look, the argument can be made, can't it, that in the two biggest fights that Porter's had in his career, he lost his belt to Kel Brook. Uh, the IBF title back in August of 2014. He also lost to Keith Thurman in June of 2016 at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Those are his two biggest fights and their defeats. He does have a win over Adrian Broner. Wasn't a great fight. The Garcia fight was a good fight back in uh, September 2018, a year ago. Uh, And the other other thing is, Marquise, he doesn't knock a lot of people out recently. He's got the TKO of Andre Berto uh, in April of 2017, but other other than that, like his last seven fights, other than that, have gone the distance, so I'm not thinking that Sean Porter's got the knockout punch for Errol Spence.
0: I don't think he does either, and also, Spence had the same problem as well with his, with, in terms of making his fight go to distance. He couldn't knock out Mikey Garcia, who came in very undersized, and granted, he backed him around for 12 rounds, but he didn't knock him out, which everyone expected him to. So this fight's going to go to distance, TJ, it's going to be, this is the classic 50 fight that they say in the cliché business, but the one thing I do like about this fight is the fact that without, with Spence and Porter on PVC doing this weight, this, this quasi welterweight semifinal, we will finally figure out who is the best in this division, one way
2: or another. Yeah, let's hope so, let's hope that's the case. Uh, I think there's an entertaining, if not really good, co-main event, Anthony Durrell, David Benavidez, it's a super middleweight title fight, um and I'm looking forward to that one as well give me a little more on that fight and how much are you looking forward to it as the one that leads into Spence Porter
0: believe it or not TJ, I'm looking forward to this fight actually over the Spence Porter about main main event for the simple fact that Benedict is coming back after uh his drug suspension for cocaine about a year ago and he's coming back for his WBC belt which currently Anthony Durrell has so with that in mind, I'm looking for because no, no one is giving Darrell a shot in this fight for one reason or another. The one thing that is interesting about this is that this fight was originally planned as a, a, a quasi-round-robin uh, tournament with uh, Darrell facing the guy who won the belt it when it was vacant against uh, Anvil Yidrum. And with that fight being—it was supposed to be on this card as well, but that fight got scrapped for unknown reasons. With that fight being pushed back, the, the next step steps down the line is the, the winner of this fight— about was more than likely going to try to face more than likely the IBF champion at super middleweight, uh, Kayla Plant.
2: And that's another PBC fighter. Plant has recently defended his title earlier this summer. So that's kind of waiting in the offing. And again, let's Benav- be honest, TJ, not
0: to get you off, that, that fight that Plant had against Mike Lee doesn't count. Let's be honest. All
2: uh, right. Yeah. The Mike, the Mike Lee title defense was just kind of a footnote. But uh, yeah, Benavides flunked the drug test leading up to his fight last year in September against Durrell. So now they come back around. And Benavides, look, has been very remorseful and knows what he cost himself, cost himself money, cost himself the title, uh, and now has gotten the good fortune of. Being able to fight the same guy a year later, so uh, he he at least has owned that and not made excuses, Marquise. I give Benavides that credit. Yes, it's a stupid mistake taking recreational drugs and getting popped on a drug test, uh, but he owned it, and, and I think there's something to be said for that for his character for Benavides.
0: Absolutely, and the fact that he has been remorseful for it, and pretty much he's on a redemption train, and he's trying to you know cap off the story of coming back from coming back from the adversity of, of being popped for a drug test. To, get back, to A, get his title back, and B, once again, have super middleweight champion is always a great story to hear.
2: All right, so again, that fight at 168 is the co-main event. We got Josecito Lopez and John Molina Jr. Uh, as welterweights on the undercard, 10-rounders, so too Robert Guerrero and Jerry Thomas. But again, those are guys that have been beaten by most of the prominent PBC fighters in recent years. They're just kind of hanging on for one more hope, maybe at a big fight or a big payday. All four of those guys, right, in these, in these preliminary fights.
0: They are. I mean, it's also in these preliminary fights as well, TJ. The one fight uh, outside of the guerrero Molina, to keep an eye out for is the, the PBC prospect, Joey Spencer, who did not look great last go-around. It's looking to rebound as well. And, and to stay undefeated. I'm looking forward There's a lot of fights on this card, TJ. That, that's the one great thing about this pay-per-view. I, it's hard for me to justify to anybody to pay 69.95 by anything. But there's about 15 fights in this card. I mean, you are getting you are getting you are getting your money's worth fight wise, at least.
3: I mean, I it's, did a, it's notice,
2: almost. I did notice it's West Coast time, and I'll actually, as I've been saying, I'll actually be out in L.A. because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I work for in the NFL, are playing the L.A. Rams Sunday afternoon. We're staying in downtown L.A. around Staples Center. This fight card, Pacific time, is beginning at one o'clock in the afternoon. That's oh, how many geez. fights that's how many fights there are before the Fox coverage begins a little later in the afternoon, about two or three hours later. And then the main event pay-per-view is going to happen somewhere around nine local time, eight thirty, nine o'clock local time. So they're going to have seven or eight hours of fight card uh, there at Staples. They're going to get their money's worth. Really, not another prominent fight this weekend on another fight card anywhere else. So this is it, right? Before we get to uh, Golovkin and Derevuchenko next week, and some of the other better October fights that are going to be coming, this is the big one though for this weekend, right?
0: This, this is the big one on my end for this weekend, TJ, and I'm looking forward to it because, granted, it's a pay per view, and you know, it's about spending money, but this kicks off the the, the fall boxing season with a big with Triple G taking Derevianko. Better be if Gavazzi later on in the month. At the end of the month, uh, maybe we'll see if uh. Warchizor is in the main event on the uh, Progress Taylor card. A lot of lots of great fights coming up in October in for fall. All
2: right. And again, he's writing all about it at bigfightweekend.com. Follow him at Weak Sauce Radio. You are still taking all comers on that Twitter handle, right? On Weak Sauce Radio, your Twitter handle on social media.
0: Absolutely, TJ. Bigfightweekend.com is where you find my writing for all things boxing, past, present, and future. You can follow me on Twitter. I am always putting up my Twitter, Twitter my Twitter handle, Lineal Championship title, as always, dude, at Weeks Off Radio. i still waiting for anybody to challenge me. I haven't had anybody come to me as of yet. I'm looking forward to it, but I'll be watching this fight this weekend as well. Looking forward to seeing what's coming down the line and more importantly the winner of uh, Pearl's versus John Ford. All
2: right, should be a lot of fun. Marquise will be right in the preview mode and the recap mode. I'll even have some stuff this weekend, too. Marquise, have a great weekend. Let's enjoy the fights. Will do, TJ. Appreciate it. And there we go. Thank you, Marquise, and thank you to all of our guests. Chris Myers of Fox and the PBC coverage on Fox Pay-Per-View Saturday night from Staples Center. Errol Spence unbeaten, Sean Porter twice beaten. It is a unification world welterweight title showdown. We're anxious to see what's going to happen in this main event and what happens in 2020 for the winner of this fight. Manny Pacquiao looming, maybe Terrence Crawford looming somewhere down the road. We shall see as it all unfolds. My thanks also to Antoine Williams, Greatest of All Time Boxing Promotions, based there in Houston. He was giving his insight on this Spence Porter fight, talking about his event uh, coming up. Again, we promote for him. Go to thegreatestofalltimeboxingpromotions.com, his site, to find out more about his promotional arm. Also, their Facebook page, Greatest of All Time, or GOAT, Boxing Promotions on Facebook. In particular, if you're a fighter in Texas, in Louisiana, Arkansas, you can Get in around Houston coming up in November for their latest event, their latest sparring event. If you're a young up-and-coming fighter, if you know of one, connected to one, get in touch with Antoine. Greatest of all time, boxing promotions. My thanks also to Thomas Looney. Looney on Fox there on Twitter. Great LA broadcaster. My colleague from Fox Sports Radio. Great fight fan as well. Some tremendous insight and stories on what he thinks about Spence and Porter and some of the great history of LA fights and Marquise Johns. Keep it locked in on BigFightWeekend.com for the website all weekend long. Preview mode. Post-fight mode. We are looking forward to what's going to happen with these fights. You can read all about it in advance or after it's over. Historical perspective on the sport... Any big fights, anything that's going on, we've got it there on the website and as well on this podcast. And a reminder, subscribe to this podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whenever we have a new one, it comes out here as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast automatically to your handheld device, your phone, your iPad, your tablet. Subscribe away. Uh, You can find the link through Red Circle Podcasting, but the easiest way to get the show is subscribe to uh, Big Fight Weekend on iTunes, on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get those podcasts, because we love talking boxing, and we've got ones that are going to be rolling out uh, with Triple G and Derevyachenko coming up, Canelo's fight with Kovalev at the light heavyweight division coming up in November, Deontay Wilder rematch with Victor Ortiz for the WBC heavyweight title, The Andy Ruiz-Anthony Joshua World Heavyweight Unification rematch in Saudi Arabia in December. We've got all of those unfolding, and we'll be talking all about them as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I'm TJ Reeves. On behalf of our guests, enjoy the Spence Porter Showdown in Los Angeles, and then uh, we'll see what happens, and we'll be writing all about it as well on BigFightWeekend.com. For now, that's it for the podcast. Subscribe away, and thank you for being with us here on Big Fight Weekend.